Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. of our teaching session is entitled The Ministry of the Holy Spirit in the Life of the Believer. And specifically today, we will study the anointing within the disciple of Christ. Last Sunday, we have studied the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer as well. And we emphasize the fact that it is the Spirit that breathes life into the Word of God and ministers it to us in any given situation. We also mentioned that the letter of the Word, without the anointing of the Spirit, kills. But the Word, guided by the Spirit, ministers life to us. We concluded the fact that we need both equally, the knowledge of the written word and, of course, the intimate knowledge of the Spirit within. We also learned that as a result of the Spirit's indwelling presence, we know, according to the Scripture, all things, because the anointing within us, according to the Apostle John, teaches us concerning all things and leads us into all truth. As I mentioned last Sunday, we know far more than we realize. Our spirit knows things that our mind does not yet know. The more we recognize, the more we honor the anointing within us, the more revelation, knowledge, and wisdom we will receive. Notice what Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says, and I'm reading from the New King James translation. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The Passion Translation says of the same verse, A man of deep understanding will give good advice, drawing it out from the well within. Interesting words. There is a well of knowledge within every spirit-filled believer. That well of knowledge resides within our spirit man, not in our minds, not in our bodies, but within our born-again spirit that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Learning how to draw it out is a skill that is developed through practice and, of course, through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Success and prosperity in our walk with Christ comes from knowing how to draw out from the well of wisdom that resides within us. It's important that we realize and understand 
that the spirit of the living God dwells within our spirit. All of the knowledge, all of the wisdom, all of the understanding, all of the anointing that we need resides within us. God has given us himself in the person of the Holy Spirit residing and living and dwelling within us. That is the scriptural truth. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 4 in the Passion Translation says the following, Words of wisdom are like a fresh flowing brook, like deep waters that spring forth from within, bubbling up inside the one with understanding. All of the inventions that came through mankind came from deep down within the spirit of man. If we only take the time, and I believe enough time, to be still and quiet and listen to our spirit, listen to our heart from deep inside of us, I believe we would be much wiser and also, I believe we would ev avoid the many pitfalls or the traps the enemy laid out for us to trip us up. Your spirit knows your future. Your spirit knows where the hidden traps of the enemy are. And if we learn this wonderful skill to draw wisdom and knowledge out of our spirit, I believe we will be fruitful and successful in our Christian walk. So today, we will continue with the study of the anointing within the believer and his valuable ministry in our everyday life. We will look at the anointing within and also the anointing that comes upon the disciple of Christ. These are the two different functions of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. John chapter, uh, rather 1 John, in the epistle of John chapter 2, verse 20 and 27, we're going to look at two verses of Scripture. One, verse 20, and the second one, verse 27 of 1 John chapter 2. This is what the Apostle John says. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, I have looked up the word unction. In the dictionary, and these are some of the definitions I found. The first one says, 
Unction is the shedding of a divine or spiritual influence. The divine or spiritual influence. Another definition says, the manifestation of spiritual inspiration. The definition of the word inspiration is a divine influence directly and immediately exerted upon the mind or the soul. Interesting choice of words as we study the anointing of the Holy Spirit and his work within the believer. John says that this unction from the Holy One, this shedding of spiritual influence exerted upon the mind and the soul, remains and abides within us for the purpose of instructing, comforting, guiding, and teaching us all things. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that marvelous that within us we have the wonderful teacher who teaches us, who guides us, who instructs us, who comforts us, and gives us whatever we need at the time. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge will flow from out of within our spirit and refresh our way of thinking and restore our emotions. If we are going to be taught and instructed by Him, first of all, we need to acknowledge and honor His presence within us and recognize this divine influence He exerts upon our mind and soul. It's important that we recognize Him as a person, not as a thing. And not only recognize that he lives within us, but also give him the proper uh, honor that he deserves. From deep within our spirit, he exerts his influence primarily upon the mind, the thought, and the will, as well as the emotions bringing divine harmony and agreement between our soul and the spirit. Once the soul and the spirit of the believer are in harmony and in agreement with each other, they together, spirit and soul, exert their influence on our physical body, on the outward man, causing the body to submit to the dictates of the inward man within us. And that's how the Lord would have us to live, from the inside out. Paul speaks of this exercise in 1 Corinthians 9.27. Listen carefully to what he says. This is the key of walking in the Spirit. This is the key of being able to subdue the body or the flesh and bring it to the will of our inward man. In other words, the spirit becomes the Lord, not the body, not the dictates of the flesh. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9.27, But I keep under my body, 
and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself would be a castaway. Notice the choice of words he uses. He says, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Who is the I he is referring to? Of course, he is referring to his inward man, to the spirit man within that is endued with power because the Holy Spirit dwells our spirit man. The new man, the inward man, the born-again man, is the I that Paul is talking about, with his renewed mind and, of course, with his restored soul. That's how our souls are restored, the emotions. The will is brought into subjection to the will of the spirit within, because our spirit man knows the will of God. Why? Because the spirit of God dwells within our spirit man. The reason being, you see, the soul here, it's important to understand this, the soul which is made up of our will, our intellect, our ability to think and calculate, and our emotions. These three things are called our soul the will, the mind, and the emotions of the person. The soul is the gatekeeper or the deciding agent in our struggle against the flesh. Remember what the scripture says, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Our flesh or the body wants to do the things we were doing before we got born again. And the reason being is because our bodies are not born again yet. They have not been renewed yet. We have not received our glorified body. One day we will receive our new bodies, and what a glorious day that will be. <laughs> Hallelujah. I look forward to that. No more wrinkles, no more gray hairs, no more back pain, and, and all the kind of pains that we experience in this physical body. One day we're going to receive a new body, but that day has not yet come. Now, if the soul of the person is not ministered to by the Word and the Spirit of God, will side with your body or with your flesh, and the two of them will gain up on the spirit within, on the inward man within, and subdue him. In other words, the real you, the born-again man who's been renewed by the Spirit of God, will be enslaved by the flesh and the soul if the soul remains unrenewed and untouched by the Word and the Spirit of God. That's why the Word of God says that we are to present our bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice and not to be conformed to this world, but be renewed in the spirit of our minds. In other words, 
Our minds need to be constantly renewed with a will, with the thoughts of God by the Spirit and the Word of God. But if the soul of the believer is not being ministered to, is not being touched, or, or as I said, ministered to by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, it will side, of course, with our flesh, and the two of them, the unrenewed mind or the unrenewed soul with the body, will gain up on our spirit man, on our inward man, and subdue him, and of course, uh, um, enslave him. Even though we are born again, in that state that I have explained above, we continue to live in bondage to our flesh. That is why in Romans chapter 7, Paul says, the things that I do not want to do is the things that I do, and the things that I hate doing is the very things that I do because I am captured. He talks about the sin that lives within our, uh, our flesh. He says, the things that I want to do is not the things that I do. And, and if you read Romans chapter 7, you will see how he struggles. And at the end, he, he cries out and he says, Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? And then he gives the answer, Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life, he says, in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The secret to subduing the flesh to submit it to the will of God is when we are honoring the Spirit of God within us and allow the Spirit to rise up and together with our renewed mind subdue the flesh. And um, if you haven't experienced this, you will. I know um, I know that all of us struggle in this fight where the flesh and the Spirit and so on and so forth. So, the Bible calls this kind of living. In other words, when we continue in that state where the soul of the person remains unministered to, untouched, we, we, we continue to live in bondage to our flesh. The Bible calls this kind of living carnal or fleshly. Paul addressed this state of being to the Corinthian believers. Listen to what he says to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1, 3, and 4. He says, speaking to the Corinthian believers who were still carnal or fleshly or governed by the physical senses rather than being governed by the Spirit of God within them. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual people, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. For ye, are, for ye are yet carnal, for where there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? For one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal or fleshly? You see here the mind, the will, and the emotions of these Corinthian believers remained untouched 
by the anointing of the Holy Spirit living within them. Even though, listen carefully now, because here many believers are deceived. They get it wrong. They don't understand it. Even though they received the Spirit and were baptized in the Spirit, spoke in other tongues, and had other manifestations of the Spirit, they were still carnal believers. You may ask, how can this be? Look around you and see the same in the church today, even in churches where believers are baptized in the Holy Spirit and they have exercised spiritual gifts. The behavior of many such believers is still carnal. The church is full of carnality, and that is the truth. Riddled with strife, riddled with division, selfish ambitions, and all sorts of unethical behavior. And then you ask, why? Well, I've just gone through in the last 10 minutes explaining to you why these things happen within the church. Because the soul has not been ministered to or influenced by the divine shedding of the anointing within. The indwelling presence of this divine unction has not been acknowledged in many cases or honored at all to the point of being able to influence the thoughts and the emotional state of the believer. Here's the key, learning to recognize his influence and submitting to the influence of the anointing within, trusting in his ministry is the key to a fruitful and overcoming life. Sad to say, there is not enough recognition of his divine influence on the church today by and large. We plan a variety of programs. We plan a variety of services without even as much as seeking the guidance or the input of the Spirit in our activities. Man-made plans, man-made activities, without any input from the Spirit, continue to dominate the life of the church as well as the life of the believer. The show of the flesh and the expertise of natural ability overshadow much of the church's way of life and ministry. There's also not enough acknowledgement of his divine presence within the individual believer, as I've mentioned. Most of us live life, and that is a fact, as though he's not there at all. There is hardly any form of acknowledgement or recognition, and this alone grieves his presence within us. For example, we make plans, we take decisions, we change jobs, we raise children, we move cities, we change churches, without even consulting the Spirit within for His leadership 
for his guidance and for his infinite wisdom. And the sooner we realize that and submit and humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, he will exalt us in due time according to the scriptures. You see, Paul had to address this gross ignorance and lack of appreciation of the anointing within the believers in Corinth. Listen to what he says to them. Even though, remember, these believers were born again by the Spirit of God. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. They exercise spiritual gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, and so on and so forth. And yet, listen to what Paul says to them. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Question mark. In other words, he's saying to them, Are you so ignorant are you so ignorant of the one who lives within you? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? Why? Because the Spirit of God dwells within you. And then again, he repeats the same words to the same people in the, in the sixth chapter, the 19th verse. Listen to what he says. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? There are two questions here that he's asking them. He says, don't you know who lives within you? Don't you know that you are not your own? You've been bought with a price. Don't you know that the Holy Spirit now lives within you? Have you not recognized him? Do you not know him? You see, here is the key. If we are going to grow spiritually, folks, and mature in the Lord, we need to settle this issue once and for all. We need to give more and more room to his divine inspiration, to his divine influence in our daily walk. He will not force himself on us, for he is the perfect gentleman. He doesn't push. He doesn't shout. You know, many years ago, um, <laughs> my wife and I had an argument. And um, I recall she raised her voice to me so loud that I got upset and offended. And I said to the Lord, why does he, why does she have to shout at me? And I heard the spirit within say these words, because that's the only way you listen. You know, <laughs> but unfortunately, the Holy Spirit doesn't shout. He's so gentle. He will nudge. He will guide gently. He will put a thought in our mind. But so often, because we're not paying attention, 
we're not quiet enough, we miss it. We miss it so many times because we're not listening, we're not expecting. And you know, it can come in a form of a thought. And uh, if we're not sensitive enough to him, we're going to miss his wisdom and we're going to miss his guidance and direction that he so often gives us. Or warnings, warnings that he gives us. Isaiah says concerning the Lord himself and his spirit, in Isaiah 42, verses 2 and 3, he says, He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. In other words, he's so gentle. He doesn't cry or shout. He doesn't lift up his voice to be heard in the street. He is gentle. Amen? He does not demand. He does not shout. He does not push. He gently whispers, guides, and leads. You see, he's not a person who likes to attract attention to himself. He's not a show-off. That is the nature of the spirit within. That is why we need to walk carefully, tread gently, honorably, recognizing that he is within us every moment of every day and whenever we turn our gaze upon him in faith he will always give us whatever we need at the moment can someone say amen to that please so one of the primary functions of the anointing within is the formation of our character. And that is being able to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Grow in the fruit of the Spirit. What do I mean? Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk also in the Spirit. What do, what do I mean grow? Grow in the fruit, of, grow in love, grow in joy, grow in peace, being long-suffering, grow in gentleness, goodness, Grow in faith, in meekness, in temperance. That is the fruit of the Spirit, which we call the formation of the believer's character. Making us look more like Jesus and behave more and more like Jesus. Giving honor, therefore, to the anointing within. Submitting to His influence causes us to grow and mature spiritually. As we submit and honor his divine influence, as I said, we will grow 
in in all these fruits of the spirit now there is a vast difference between the anointing within and the anointing upon the believer these are the two functions of the spirit's uh, ministry in the life of the disciple the anointing upon is for the purpose of spiritual power to witness and the impartation of spiritual gifts. That is what we call the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you read Acts chapter 1, Jesus speaking to the disciples in verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. This is what we call the anointing upon, coming upon the disciple and empowering us to be a witness for Jesus. And, 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 and that's for ministry, that we minister to other people. And also in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, says the same thing. That is the day of Pentecost. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see this, the Spirit coming upon is for ministry and for the impartation of spiritual gifts. Now, the anointing within, though, is for the formation of our character and the ability to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. The one is for power, and the impartation of spiritual gifts, and the other is for fruit-bearing. And we need both. We need the gifts, and we also need the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the gifts are imparted as a gift by the anointing of the Spirit, but the fruit grows by our recognition honoring and submission to the unction that is within us. The Word of God says that this holy unction within the believer will glorify the Lord Jesus by receiving what belongs to the Lord and imparting it to us. Jesus said in John 16 verse 14, He, that is the Spirit, shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and will show it unto you, or impart that to you by revelation. So the unction within unveils the character and the nature of Jesus and imparts the same nature to us by the illumination and the revelation of the scriptures. And Peter confirms this. As, as we conclude the lesson today, I want us to read, and hopefully you will take these verses of Scripture and meditate on them during the week. 
Notice what the Apostle Peter, or how he explains this mystery to us. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 2 through to 4, says the following, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That's the word of God. That by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature and then escaping the corruption that is in the world through lust. So what Peter is saying here is this, this divine unction within the believer takes the promises of God which were given to us, and through them, and through the revelation of these promises, he imparts to us the divine nature of God to our born-again spirit, and at the same time restores the soul, renews the mind, and the emotional state of the person through the impartation of this divine nature. And that is the work of the Spirit within. That is why I said we need both the Word and we need the ministry of the Spirit as well. And this is what Jesus meant when he said he will take the things that are mine and reveal them or show them to you. That is, that is so wonderful when the Spirit of God uh, ministers to us the written Word of God in any given situation. And he breathes life into the Word and imparts that life to our spirit as well as to our soul and renews our mind and captures our will to serve the Lord with gladness and joy. In other words, he imparts the nature of God to us by divine revelation of the anointing within. And this he does as we take time, of course, to meditate the Word of God and prayer. It will do us the world of good if every day we take a few moments before we begin the day and recognize the one who lives within us and fellowship with him. Talk to him about your daily life, your work. Ask him to give you wisdom. But when you do that, sit in silence and listen. Spend time listening to your spirit within. Successful men and women are the ones who take time to listen to the spirit or to the heart within. The world calls that the gut. The spirit calls it the spirit and the anointing within. Some people call it the sixth sense. It's not a sixth sense. It's the spirit the person of the Holy Spirit living within the believer, uh, desiring 
to impart to us the wisdom of God and the strength of God so that we may live life the way he designed it for us to live. Amen? So let's take a few moments and close in prayer and just honor the one who lives within us. What thanks can we give that is adequate for this unspeakable gift that God has given to the believer? There are no words to describe this wonderful gift. And so often our attention goes to material things, uh, financial things. Thank God, it's the blessing of God. But listen, spiritual blessings are in a highest category than natural and physical blessings. God has bestowed upon us His grace, His mercy, His favor, and He sent His very Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, to accompany us, to live within us, not beside us, but within us. That's why Jesus said to the disciples, it is far better that I go, because if I don't go, the Comforter will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. The disciples couldn't believe it at the time. How can it be better that he goes from us? But later they understood, because the Comforter came in the power, in the person, in the nature of the Spirit within and you see, after the day of Pentecost, the disciples were no longer the timid, fearful men and women. They were bold, they were courageous, and they were fruitful, and they turned the world upside down. Why? Because they gave great honor and room to the person of the Holy Spirit within them. Father, we thank you so much for this unspeakable gift of your Spirit, being sent to live within us every single day, 24-7, never to leave us, never to forsake us. You said, I will send him to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you orphans, but I will come to you. And you did come, Lord, and he is here and he lives within every born-again believer. Father, I pray that this revelation, this realization, that we are the very temple of the living God because you live within us, may become a reality and an experience in our everyday life. So that when we face the challenges of life, when we are confronted with enormous a crisis, situations that we do not know what to do or where to turn or how to handle this crisis. All we need to do is turn within and say, Lord, here I am. What will you have me do? Lord, thank you for being within me. I acknowledge you. I honor you. And I am ready to listen to your counsel within Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I pray, Father, that by your Spirit, you will speak to every single one of us within the sound of my voice. Those that are facing challenges, 
those that are facing crisis. I pray that words of wisdom and knowledge will flow like rivers of life out of the inward man to renew their minds, to heal their troubled souls, and to fill them with the peace of God that passes all understanding. I ask that you do this, Lord, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.